Thank you, Spencer and Frankie, and uh, such good words, uh, lyrics to lead us to where we want to go as we look at Scripture together. As we come to the very end of our Don't Be Afraid series, more on that in just a few moments, let me just ask you, are you finding ways to, to be cool uh, during this time? Man, is it hot yesterday? So yesterday I performed a wedding, which is not unusual. I performed one outdoors, not unusual, but never that hot. And they had the, the, the outdoor venue happened to be, you know, it was really something. It was, uh, I watched the, 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 the guests. They were all kind of situated in the shade. Here I was, the sun beating, full suit and tie. When I was done, I thought I could wring water out of these clothes. And I also thought this is the first wedding ever where I thought I should have worn shorts and a tank top. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, I uh, came home and... <laughs> Found a way to cool off. Hopefully you're finding ways to cool off also. When our kids were uh, young, real little, and they didn't know how to swim yet, we would take them to a pool, maybe on vacation, or my parents had access to a pool. And I remember being in the pool, and, and one of our little kids was on the, on the edge of the pool, and they wanted to get in, and I would coax them, come on, jump to me, jump to me. And they'd have their water wings on, maybe sometimes not. And you could just see what was going on in their mind. What if... You don't catch me. Or what if I sink? And eventually, of course, I would catch them. And I mean, I always caught them. But eventually, <laughs> I would, they would learn how to swim, and they enjoyed the water. Uh, but, you know, it was that what if that kept them from jumping. And eventually they did. There's an author uh, by the name of Jenny Allen. She wrote a book called Get Out of Your Head. And she says the two words that keep us, keep us ensnared and enslaved in worry and fear are the words, what if? And there are so many what ifs. We could go around the room. And here's some examples. What if something happens to my kids? What if I let go, get let go from my job? What if I contract COVID? What if I get close to a friend and they let me down? Uh, what if things never go back to normal again? And we could go on and on and on. We go around the room. We could all share a what if one or more. What if? You know, I'm in church leadership. I love it. I love working at the chapel. But what if we make a wrong call regarding coronavirus? What if we say too much? What if we don't say enough about masks or not masks or whatever? And this whole thing regarding racial tension, I'm afraid of, you know, uh, harming somebody with words, and, and or what about this party over here? It's such a delicate thing. What if, what if we could all do that, right? That's crazy. On a much lighter note, I happen to think, what if there's no college football? I'm very troubled by this. And yesterday, this is insider information, so you can't tell anybody. But yesterday I was on the phone with a very good friend of mine. He's a Division I head college football coach. And... Um, he said to me, I really don't think we're going to have football because there are just too many variables and the liability is just too high. Now, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. What if? We, we don't know. Now, the problem with living with what if is, is kind of articulated well by this one author. He says, 97% of what you worry over is not much more than a fearful mind punishing you with exaggerations and misperceptions. What he's saying is 97% of the things we worry about, that we fret over, will never happen. Our imagination enslaves us to the, 
speak to you the things that won't even, won't even occur. And what happens is we end up standing on the edge of life, on the edge of the pool, never jumping in and experiencing the fun and splash of life. What do we do? When we worship here, we celebrate Christ. As a Christian, I am firmly in God's family. I am firmly connected to God through faith in Jesus. My identity is in Christ, which means I can live a brand new, different way than being subject to what if all the time. What if we take that what if and instead say, eventually, because God. Wouldn't that change everything because God? Now we're coming to the end of the series, Don't Be Afraid. And now we come to some words of Jesus. It's his well-known words in his first recorded message in the Sermon on the Mount. And eventually Jesus gets to the issue of worry and fear and being weighed down by the problems of life. And essentially what he says is this. Because God loves you. Because God cares for you. Because God knows you, you don't need to be enslaved by fear and worry. And so we're going to look at three verses of Jesus. There are others, but here are three of them. Here's the first one. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Let's stop there for a moment. Now, it's hard for us in this room, I think most of us, all of us, to think, what, food is a problem? Clothing is a problem? But, you know, a number of us have been around the world, and the majority of the world, this is an issue. Food insecurity, clothing insecurity is an issue. And it was an issue for those that Jesus was speaking to. And so they were put in a position as they were shocked by his words, they were put in a position, do I take Jesus at his word or not? Do I worry or do I not worry because God cares for us, knows us, and loves us? But you and I are also put in a position. Do, do we take Jesus at his word or not? Do I live with worry and fear? Or do I not live with worry and fear because God loves me, because God knows me, because God cares for me? Because how you believe and how you think will eventually determine how you live and who wants to live enslaved by the 97% of things that will never happen. Jesus goes on. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to them than the birds are? My, my wife and I have a, a hummingbird feeder in our backyard. We have a couple of grain feeders. The hummingbirds, they come and go. It's fun to watch them. Uh, the, the birds, they come and go, but they have competition. In our backyard, we have some amazingly acrobatic squirrels and a raccoon that we cannot seem to defeat 
and I just cannot seem to keep the verse anyways. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it because we don't, we don't have to worry about the birth. Jesus tells us that God the Father will take care of the birth. They have to. It's a nice hobby to have, but they don't need the birth for real. Yeah. That's birth. Now, we are more valuable than birth. Now, now, theologically, I understand that. Because the Bible teaches clearly that you and I, all people, are created in the image of God. That means we bear the marks of God himself unlike any other animal in the animal kingdom. But on a very practical level, that's a hard thing to understand at times. Because I look at these birds in our backyard, and they come and go, and they flit around. They don't seem to have a problem in the world. But I wake up weighed down by things at times. I, I have some worries. I, I have some what-ifs that I live with. And yet Jesus says, don't worry about the birth, because your Father in heaven cares more about you than them. And that's hard to understand, because sometimes I think, yeah, okay, I get it. God's eye is on the sparrow, but it seems like he's taken his eye off the ball when it comes to me. This is where I think we need to be self-disciplined in how we think. A couple weeks ago, we looked at a verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, it says uh, uh, for, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. God has given us the ability to think clearly. And as Christians, we should be thinking clearly. For example, we don't need to worry because God created us for himself. Because God when he saw us walking away from him, stiff-arming him, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have a way back to God. We don't have to worry because God has placed within us his spirit who gives us life and the certainty of eternal life. We don't have to worry because God is the very one who constantly forgives us who constantly sustains us and constantly provides for us. We don't need to worry because we are far more valuable than even the birds who don't even seem to have a problem. I, I sometimes think about the, the book of Job. I love that book, but it's a hard book to read. The first two chapters, Job loses his wife and his family and then his health, and for 35 chapters, God is silent. God does not show up. It's a long time, and Job doesn't know what's going on. But you come to the very end of Job, and one of the lessons Job learns is this, that we cannot generalize from our pain and our troubles that God has taken his eye off the ball. We cannot generalize from our suffering that God does not love us or that God does not care for us. In fact, Job learns we die. It's just that God sees what we don't, and he knows what we don't, and he wants us to trust him. And so on those days when you wonder, when you begin to ask yourself, what if? Go into the woods, go to the beach, 
pluck the birds for them and remind yourself, indeed, I am more valuable than even these birds. God has a plan for me. Now, Jesus takes the, the, the what-if question, the what-if issue to a whole new level, and that is, what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? The, the fear of what's going to happen to me tomorrow. We all have phobias, don't we? I think it's fun to read through some of the different phobias. I'm not making light of these phobias, but these are real phobias. You ready? Entomophobia, the fear of insects. I don't have that so much. Um, what about uh, acrophobia, the fear of heights? I have that one. What about um, gyroscophobia, the fear of getting old? I have a little bit of that. Ablutophobia, that's the fear of bathing. I don't have that. What about sermonophobia? That's the fear of a really long sermon. I made that, I made that one up. Here's a real one, agnostophobia. That's the fear of the unknown. That's the fear of what's going to happen tomorrow. And all of us around the room could stand up and say, this is what's occupying my brain. The economy, my personal wealth, <laughs> my job, my family, my friendships, my relationships, my health, and on and on and on. And we can get overwhelmed. So Jesus says these words. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will bring, God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And you know, what I love about Jesus' words there, and what I love about all of Scripture, is that God does not candy coat or sugarcoat our problems. We do have problems. We do have struggles. We could all share what those are today. He's aware of that. But what Jesus is saying is rather than, than allowing ourselves to live in tomorrow, what about today? What about living for God today? <laughs> Some years ago, it occurred to me, the little phrase, why not? I thought, you know, for a year, why don't I just live by that phrase, why not? And I didn't do this every day, but it, there were points at which I thought, why not? I'll share a big one with you. My, my dad wasn't raised in a church like this, wasn't raised to know the Bible, wasn't raised to know Jesus, but I could tell there was spiritual interest there. And I thought to myself, why not get my dad a Bible. And so I did. Why not? But, 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 but what if he thinks that's stupid? What if he thinks, what are you doing? My son's giving me, your dad, I taught you how to live. What are you doing giving me a Bible? What, what if he would reject it? A few years ago, he passed away. And I have, um, I had a Bible that I gave him. It's on my desk. And I open it up to places, and there are certain verses that I underlined and helped him along the way in his own spiritual journey. Here's another what if. What if I hadn't done that? 
What if I hadn't lived? My why not? You know, we are not to worry. Why not live for God today? Why not open up the Bible and begin reading it? Because that is where God gives us for instructions for life. Why not turn to God in faith in Jesus? Because he calls us to himself that way. Why not look for somebody to love today? Because God has loved us first. Why not step out in some dramatic way? Because God has called you there clearly will be there to catch you. Why not jump off the edge of the pool into life and experience the fun and splash of life and watch God your Father catch you. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to, to live under the what if worries but we can experience the why not of life because God loves you. He cares for you. He knows you. Let's pray together. And now God, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you God for giving us Jesus. Simply through faith in Christ bringing us into your family and now our identity is in Christ that can never change. That must give us all kinds of strength to move forward, to not live as slaves to the 97%. To live with a spirit of why not? Because you are with us and for us and will never forsake us. God, would you give us even strength this week to not be afraid, to not be fearful. Someone in this room is facing something they just are afraid to step forward and do, but they know because of your word or the promptings of your spirit, it's the right thing to do. Give strength to them, to all of us, to move forward. You are faithful. Thank you for that. Thank you for your love. Thank you for Christ. In Jesus' name we pray.